climate change, poverty, mental health, young people and adults face a world of constant change. It's the connections we make, innovations and education that come together to help us make a difference. Welcome to the power of young people to change the world. In this program, we bring together leaders that share stories designed to inspire you to serve, learn, and change the world. Now, here's your host, Amy Muirs. Good afternoon, everyone, and welcome to The Power of Young People to Change the World. I'm your host, Amy Muirs, and I'm here every Thursday on Voice America Empowerment Radio, where together we explore how young people are using their passion, creativity, and ideas to shape a better world, and how educators and adults across the world are utilizing the power of service learning to redesign education. You know, this show is really designed for young people and their adult mentors to share their stories, their passion, their voices, and how they're making positive change in the world. And our guests today represent an organization that's with such an inspiring mission and this message of inspiration and hope. Youth Matter is just a phenomenal um, organization that offers programs that keep youth off the streets by engaging them as solutions. Um, and not just solutions to issues that are affecting them directly. Um, so today I'm joined by Hannah, Laura, and Isaac, again, from Youth Matter. We're going to hear about all the amazing things that these young um, leaders are working on. But before we talk to them about the work that they're doing, I'd love for them to share more about themselves um, and introduce themselves to to you. So, Hannah, let's start with you. Can you share a little bit about yourself, where you go to school, what you do in your free time, interests, passions, things like that? Yeah, absolutely. So, yeah, my name's Hannah. I'm originally from the Boston area in Massachusetts. I went to high school there. I grew up there. And I just graduated from George Washington University uh, down in D.C. Um, I said, love you. Yeah, yeah. Oh, you went there? <laughs> no, but I, we have lots of friends there. <laughs> I love. Yeah, I love that place. It was great. No, yeah. So I studied political science. I was really involved in a lot of um, you know, kind of social justice work there. I did a lot of volunteering. I worked with, um, you know, like refugee communities and a lot of children and families who are experiencing either homelessness or, you know, living in poverty in those areas, which, you know, was kind of the beginning of really being interested in this work and working with families and especially young people. Um, And yeah, so at the moment I'm you know, working with an organization called Strategies for Youth. And that organization actually works in collaboration with Youth Matter. And so I'm just really passionate about, you know, juvenile justice and working to create, you know, programming and specific infrastructure for young people to really help them, you know, tackle the issues that are important to them. That's awesome. Thank you. Laura, how about you? Yeah. Hi, everyone. Uh, my name is Laura. I um just graduated this past May from Harvard University. Um, I first started doing this work. So I'm originally from Lemonster, Massachusetts. Um, and kind of when, uh, in 2012, so I was in, I think, freshman in high school was when kind of uh, various um, cases were coming up in the news, like the Trayvon Martin case, the Tamir Rice case. Um, and there was also kind of, you know, uh, other things happening in my community in Lemonster that I was noticing around me that um, between like youth and police and just how there was such a disconnect between um, 
you know, all of uh, myself, my friends um, who were in high school and middle school um, growing up and the police officers who kind of were present in our schools, present in our communities. Um, and so that's when I start, first started getting interested in this work. Um, and I, I uh, myself and Isaac, who you'll meet next, um, reached out to Lisa Thoreau, who's the CEO of Strategy for Youth. Um, and we started doing some work in our local school system and expanded that kind of to boys and girls clubs across Massachusetts back then. And we can get into more of that later. Um, but that's just a little bit about kind of myself, where I'm from, um, and uh, kind of how I got here to work with Youth Matter. So um, it's great to be on the show. And thanks so much, Amy. Oh, absolutely. Thank you. And I'm really excited to, to dig into this. Um, but first, we have to meet Isaac. Isaac, do you want to share a little bit about yourself? Yes, of course. Uh, my name's Isaac. I am 22 years old. I live in Leominster, Mass. Uh, I am originally from uh, Accra, Ghana. I moved to the States in 2008 with four other siblings. Um, bless my mom for raising all five of us boys. Um, that was pretty hard. She's a saint. I'm sorry. Exactly. She's a saint. <laughs> <laughs> the only woman in a house of what, six men? Okay. Um, I graduated from Leominster High. I played volleyball there for like four years. I absolutely love volleyball when I'm not studying or working. I'm playing volleyball with my friends. I'm trying to learn tennis right now. That's going okay. We'll see how it turns out. Um, I attended uh, and graduated from UMass Amherst with a degree in biology. I am currently studying for the MCAT, the Medical College Admissions Test, preparing to apply to medical school next May. I work as an ER tech in a hospital in Concord, and I am currently a medic in the Massachusetts Army National Guard. Thank you for your service, Isaac. Thanks for your support. <laughs> so I, uh, you guys, um, what a powerhouse. I just want to say that first and foremost, um, some amazing work that you're doing. And I would love for you, um, Laura, could you share kind of an overview of Youth Matter and, you know, the mission and how you got started with this work? Yeah, um, so there's going to be like a lot of complicated history probably explained um, throughout this kind of talk, but Youth Matter itself started several years ago. Um, Isaac, myself, Hannah, we were all in college and uh, kind of knew and worked with Strategy for Youth, which is this nonprofit I mentioned earlier based out of Cambridge that does a lot of work related to um, youth and police. Um, and so we all were working in the space of um, kind of uh, this relationships between youth and police. How can you kind of facilitate that? How can you improve the kinds of um, things, support structures, communities? How can we kind of build those up? And especially with the focus on how can we make things as ideal as possible for youth growing up in our own communities and communities across Massachusetts and across kind of the country. Um, so we kind of all were uh, working in some capacity in this space. And we saw like this unmet need really um, where uh, there were, at least in our communities in um, various cities across Massachusetts, um, there wasn't a lot of uh, 
youth representation in a lot of the legislation and a lot of the general practices and the policies that were kind of being used to police them. Um, and we wanted to kind of create a group to gather all of these experiences that youth were having, gather their opinions and gather their like amazing ideas for what can be made and uh, better in the current system serving them um, and kind of elevate that. So that's kind of the idea about Youth Matter, how it came to be was we were thinking about these problems and trying to figure out what can we do. Um, and that's how we kind of formed Youth Matter. Um, and uh, currently we... Um, are kind of working to promote uh, both youth ideas and voices and experiences through um, several different ways, um, including uh, what we're doing right now, which is promoting their um, uh, voices through their uh, both writing, artwork, and other creative pieces such as videos um, in the Youth Voices Contest, which is uh, a big uh, thing that we are doing currently. That sounds amazing. And what tough subject matter. So um, Hannah, what's your role um, at Youth Matter? Kind of what what are you doing? Yeah, so like Laura mentioned, there's a lot of, you know, different organizations and kind of a complicated history. But yeah, we were really formed because we were all involved with this, this nonprofit called Strategies for Youth. It's a national nonprofit. It's existed for about 10 years and it works towards um, promoting and forming policies and practices that benefit, you know, positive and safe interactions between young people and police. And I was working there out of college and that's how I got to know Laura and Isaac. And so I kind of act as a liaison between strategies for youth and youth matter. Um, we coordinate, you know, different plans for fundraising, for programming. Um, it's a really good resource for us as young people to be able to kind of, you know, speak with and consult, um, you know, strategies for youth, which, you know, has a very, you know, experience, stable presence in the juvenile justice field. Um, a lot of strategies for youth's work is really data, you know, focused and data backed. And so it also has allowed us to really understand the issues facing young people, you know, what they want to see in their communities and understanding also how can we create programming that really engages them and allows them to express, you know, personal experiences. So I kind of act as that liaison between the two organizations while also kind of bringing in that knowledge from strategies for youth. That's amazing. I, I really like that idea of personal expression. And, and then when um, you connect it to the writing and the art and the video, that's really exciting. So Isaac, how about you? How did you come to Youth Matter? And I'd love to learn from you, like, why, why was this work so important for you? Yeah, of course. Um, well, this started kind of years ago, uh, freshman year of high school, actually. That's when Laura approached me in our English class and asked me if I was interested in starting a youth venture with her uh, through our United Way Youth Venture Program offered at our school. Um, this was right after the Tamir Rice, uh, Andy Lopez, Trayvon Martin, who were all tragically shot and killed. Um, mm -hmm. She came, with me, came to me with a clear problem and Laura had a vision of how she would possibly like to address it. Um, starting in our community. So I joined her and together we started a youth venture called PLAY, which stood for Protecting Law Enforcement and Youth. We wanted to help improve youth and police interactions and educate the youth about the juvenile justice system. Um, we connected with strategies for youth as both Laura and Hannah have brought up 
um, to bring this game called uh, Juvenile Justice Jeopardy game to schools in our community and neighboring uh, communities. Um, with the help of strategies of youth, we were able to start uh, Youth Matter Now, but again, th that whole timeline can be kind of complicated. Um, but the work that we have been doing is important to me because when we started play, my brother and I, uh, my brothers and I um, fit the profile of the kids that were tragically shot and killed. Um, and all I can think about or was thinking about at that moment is that, you know, it could have been me, it could have been my brothers, it could have been any of my friends in that scenario. And it is sad and frightening that, you know, that is still the case. Um, it still mm -hmm. can be me, it still can be my brothers, can be my friends that this happens to. Um, so this is why this is important to me. And in the future, I would want my children, you know, not facing the same reality as what I am. Absolutely. And yeah, uh, a lot of, there was a, there was and continues to be a lot of reasons for this work to be so important. And the, the engagement of young people as solutions is so um, vital to being able to tackle what's happening and building those, um, those relationships with police and, and educating about the juvenile justice system. I'm really, I'm really want to dig deeper into the work that you're doing, but we do have to take one brief break. So we'll take a brief pause. And then when we return, we'll continue our conversation with the team from Youth Matter. So stay with us on the power of young people to change the world. Voice American Empowerment Radio. We'll be right back. us on Twitter at VoiceAmericaTRN. Get the lowdown on guests, new shows, and your favorites. That's VoiceAmericaTRN. For nearly 40 years, the Minnesota-based National Youth Leadership Council has worked globally to transform classrooms, empower teachers, and captivate students by leading the way in providing high-quality, dynamic service learning content to school districts, classrooms, after-school programs, and everything in between. NYLC accelerates student achievement by strengthening academic, civic, and character outcomes through service learning. They tap into the passion, creativity, and ingenuity of all young people to make meaningful change happen. NYLC offers a variety of paths to reach service learning excellence through membership, its annual spring national service learning conference, customized professional development, tools, resources, and soon to be released, Getting Started in Service Learning, a book designed for teachers ready to lead the way to address real world issues with all young people, inspiring them to serve, learn, change the world. Visit nylc.org to learn more today. It's your world. Motivate. Change. Succeed. VoiceAmericaEmpowerment.com You are listening to The Power of Young People to Change the World with Amy Muirs. To find out more about Amy and the National Youth Leadership Council, please visit nylc.org. Now back to the show. Welcome back, everyone. 
Um, if you're just joining us um, today, I'm here with Isaac, Hannah, and Laura from Youth Matter, and we're talking about juvenile justice, young people as solutions, so many great things. Um, Laura, I want to just jump back in with you and talk about how are you engaging young people in this work? Like, how has it evolved, and really, how has it evolved since you first started? Yeah, so um, as Isaac mentioned, we started doing this work in 2012, um, and back then we were both in high school. We were running kind of a youth venture, which was like a small uh, small group of us um, working with Strategies for Youth, working with um, my local Boys and Girls Club, which I was a member at um, since as long as I can remember, um, and bringing these juvenile justice Jeopardy games kind of to wherever um, there were kids and wherever we kind of had a connection. So, um, back then we started out really small. We were engaging kind of with, um, maybe like a group of 20 kids from the boys and girls club, um, who we, we would run these juvenile justice jeopardy games with, um, the help of strategies for youth. And that was kind of the first, um, pilot of, oh, how can we engage young people? How can we bring these incredible resources to our community and also bring in police officers who it's kind of crucial to kind of have both parties at the table um, there to kind of interact with one another, um, bridge this kind of difference and also um, kind of make it so that um, an environment where like people feel more comfortable um, and from that first juvenile justice jeopardy game, um, we ended up getting uh, both kids and police involved. It was like, like a great event where uh, everybody came out of the room happy. And that was something that before we did it, uh, I was really nervous. I was like, oh, my goodness, I don't know if this is going to work. You know, it's um, bringing together two like like my friend, a lot of my friends, um, people who I grew up with at the Boys and Girls Club, bringing together um, these officers who work in the schools who I know very little about. Um, and after that, we kind of branched out and moved um, to bigger audiences at our schools, at our high schools, uh, the middle schools in the area in Lemonster and Fitchburg. Um, and we also went to Boys and Girls Clubs in other parts of Massachusetts, um, such as Worcester and Springfield. Um, and those communities, Lemonster, Worcester, Springfield, are all communities where um, before I think we had these events, there wasn't anything like that um, where there was kids sitting down at a table and engaging with this incredible material that was uh, uh, created by Strategies for Youth um, and also engaging with officers who were just like the other. Um, and uh, I want to also emphasize how incredible it was to have officers there because one of the main worries we had was if you kind of have these two parties involved, um, neither uh, some, some uh, one perspective is that, you know, officers aren't necessarily seeing these kids that they're interacting with as like their own kids. So that was one of the re main reasons why we kind of wanted officers present, but we were also really nervous because we'd never mm -hmm. done something like that. Um, and since we did that, uh, it kind of took off. We were working with Boys and Girls Clubs across the country. We ended up um, ho holding an event um, for an audience of like hundreds of thousands of kids who were at a national leadership conference hosted by the Boys and Girls Clubs of America. 
Um, and that's what we were kind of doing all throughout 2012 through kind of like 2017. Um, since then, we've kind of merged into Youth Matter, which is this incredible youth advisory board. Um, and the youth we work with are uh, kind of both um, some youth from our local high school in Lemonster and Fitchburg, but also youth um, that we've kind of met along the way who are interested in the work. We have um, some new members that just joined us recently, um, one from New York City and one from um, greater Boston. Um, and that's really exciting because um, we're really engaging with youth from different communities, not just the communities that I, the community that Isaac and I come from. Um, and we're also kind of able to start building this network of youth who might come from different communities, but can all connect and relate to each other on different uh, topics and areas. Um, and luckily, you know, Zoom and uh, the advancement of technology mm -hmm. has made it actually really easy to connect with people, um, provided there's like resources in the community um, for them to use, like computers at school or computers at their after school programs. Um, so that's really how uh, it's kind of evolved since we first started in um, 2012. Um, and we're kind of very excited for the new avenues and new opportunities we're trying to build for youth to kind of become leaders in their communities and also um, keep expressing themselves and put, pushing out their ideas um, as they go forward. That's amazing. And I love that you got, I mean, you started in high school, obviously you've graduated from college and, but this, obviously this work is still so important and so needed, um, but it's really neat to see that progression that you guys went through as well. Um, Isaac, I'd love to jump kind of fast forward to today um, and really, I, we, I know um, we talked a little bit about the um, the campaign around writing artwork and videos, but what are what are some of the initiatives that you guys are working on right now? And I'm really curious about how you continue to innovate in your programming. Yes, of course. Um, well, the Youth Voices Contest is one of our biggest things we're uh, doing right now. Um, Strategies for Youth normally holds this contest annually, but with uh, this year with their help, uh, we're hosting the contest. Um, the contest is a great chance for youth to express their views on the relationship between policing and democracy. Um, this year's prompt is, uh, what do you want police to understand to help them uphold our dem uh, democratic uh, principle of by the people, for the people? Wow. Uh, youth, youth can submit entries in like one of three categories as they were talking about writing artwork or video. Um, we award nine uh, prizes in total to the winner, the first runner-up and the second runner-up in each category. Um, I absolutely forgot the award prices. Um, <laughs> I think the first one is a thousand <laughs> and we'll leave it at that. So um, everybody just get your ideas out there. The money doesn't matter. It's the solutions, but we know the money's exactly. nice. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> Oh, uh, the contest is set to end January 4th of next year. Um, we're also right now working on recruitment for our youth advisory board. Um, the youth advisory board will help identify youth concerns and recommendation and make recommendations for reforms, actions, and interventions. Um, this information will be used to inform strategies for youths 
policy um, for reform and its training and youth programming efforts. Uh, in addition, we'll be looking to publish an annual report describing the work and the views of youth, um, the youth on the advisory board. Um, uh, the advisory board is just like a great opportunity for youth to, you know, describe their experiences with law enforcement, like kind of create a safe space, um, support each other um, through troubling or potentially triggering news and exper uh, experiences. Um, we're also working to write the program for the youth advisory board for the spring semester. Um, the program would just help like facilitate the meetings uh, which we want to write like a 12-week program where uh, kids would meet once every other week. Um, and as far as how we continue to be innovative with our programming, uh, youth just have you know great ideas all the time. Uh, as far as uh, how we work and as part of our mission is giving youth uh, voices, uh, we would really listen to our members and take ideas, uh, what's working, what's not working. Um, and that's kind of how we're gonna move forward and drive our program. It's gonna be based on the people in it and not just like us. Absolutely. Um, I, If I have learned anything in my career with, the, with NYLC, it's that um, youth have so much innovation, so many ideas, and it's based on real knowledge um, that they have. Um, and it's just, um, it's exciting um, to see youth voice um, really impacting um, the policing and engagement um, in democracy. So that's it. It's really exciting. Um, Hannah, I, I'm wondering about the community and how they're involved in your work and kind of what impact that that's, that's made on the organization. Yeah. I mean, so like Isaac was mentioning, you know, we have really approached this, you know, with a focus towards young people and really creating programming that, you know, is centered around their experiences and wanting to understand their perspectives. But I think that, you know, there's always a balance to be had between that and also, you know, engaging with the nonprofit community and really understanding how we can work with them. So, I mean, even working with strategies for youth, we've really been able to work with a lot of other nonprofits, you know, throughout the Northeast, there's this really strong network of nonprofits working towards things like juvenile justice, children's rights. And so it's been really interesting, you know, interacting with them, for example, you know, having the opportunity to collaborate with them to publicize the contest, to promote and to publish, you know, the winning entries. So it's been interesting because it's a way to kind of both advocate for youth voices by, you know, creating opportunities to have them heard and to have other organizations, you know, then promoting and then listening to, to young voices. Um, even things like fundraising, you know, I think that's like a really big barrier for a mm -hmm. lot of nonprofits, especially, you know, nonprofits that are either being, you know, run by or have been created by young people, having that kind of infrastructure and the ability to, you know, work with and to, you know, fundraise with the help of, of the nonprofit community has been really, you know, beneficial. And it's been, I think, a, a kind of a learning curve for us to kind of see that balance. Absolutely. And, but I love that there's a strong network of support. So that's, that's exciting to hear because that's not always the case. So it's wonderful. Um, I want to circle back to the young people. And Laura, could you talk a little bit about what you've learned about the young about young people that have been involved in this work and 
kind of the impact or how the work is really um, impacting them? Yeah, um, you know, in uh, 2018, um, I was fortunate enough to be selected to uh, serve as a youth representative for Massachusetts at the at a conference called the Police Police Youth Engagement Conference, um, and that was uh, uh, held um, by a number of different uh, groups both governmental agencies and the National Association of Chiefs of Police. Um, And it was kind of uh, meant to be a multi-day kind of round table between youth uh, coming from various states in the United States um, and Chiefs of Police and others in various states and cities um, in the country. Um, And at that and also in some of the interactions or in work we've been doing for a long time, um, I've met so many inspiring and incredible um, peers, uh, youth who are uh, um, so young, but have had so many um, incredible life experiences and have had, uh, you know, uh, overcome adversities that um, like I cannot even imagine. Um, and I've I'd say uh, some of the things that I've learned is that, you know, youth are incredibly resilient. Resiliency and um, is something that I kind of became obsessed and I'm still obsessed um, in learning about, you know, how do people um, who have gone through adversity bounce back and like, um, how can we make sure that there are uh, the tools in place in a community so that um, youth and their families who are undergoing adversity um, can kind of grasp those tools and use them to bounce back from any sort of uh, setback they might have in their life. Um, and I think uh, the part of the answer to that question is to just kind of look towards um, young people who are doing that every day um, and, uh, you know, some of the youth at the, the conference that I was at, you know, have had survived homelessness. They had survived, you know, m- multiple interactions with the police. They had survived a lot of different things um, that, you know, are very hard to speak about and to think about. Um, and yet they were there. They were incredible, like they bounced back from those experiences and they were there to kind of both share their experiences and use those to kind of help others. Um, And I think that one of the most powerful things I've really seen and what, um, you know, has really um, motivated me to keep engaging with this work is just seeing how resilient they are and how giving people can be, especially um, many of the youth that I've um, been fortunate enough to meet, many of my peers who I um, am friends with. And, um, you know, that's just so inspiring. And I mm-hmm. um, I hope that, you know, that's a virtue that we kind of, as a society, keep pushing forward um, and keep celebrating. I think that is a perfect note to um, take another um, pause. And um, so we'll take another quick break. And then when we come back, we'll continue our conversations with our guests today. So stay with us on The Power of Young People to Change the World. We'll be right back.
Become our friend on Facebook. Post your thoughts about our shows and network on our timeline. Visit Facebook.com forward slash Voice America. For nearly 40 years, the Minnesota-based National Youth Leadership Council has worked globally to transform classrooms, empower teachers, and captivate students by leading the way in providing high-quality, dynamic service learning content to school districts, classrooms, after-school programs, and everything in between. NYLC accelerates student achievement by strengthening academic, civic, and character outcomes through service learning. They tap into the passion, creativity, and ingenuity of all young people to make meaningful change happen. NYLC offers a variety of paths to reach service learning excellence through membership, its annual spring national service learning conference, customized professional development, tools, resources, and soon to be released, Getting Started in Service Learning, a book designed for teachers ready to lead the way to address real-world issues with all young people, inspiring them to serve, learn, change the world. Visit nylc.org to learn more today. Follow us on Twitter for more great ideas at Voice America Empowerment. You are listening to The Power of Young People to Change the World with Amy Muirs. To find out more about Amy and the National Youth Leadership Council, please visit nylc.org. Now back to the show. Welcome back, everyone. Um, Before the break, um, Laura was sharing so eloquently about young people and their resilience and um, their capacity for giving. And so as we come back um, from break, Isaac, I'd love for you to share some of the successes that you've seen through your programs and and honestly, what you hope to see in the future. Thank you. Last summer, we were able to work with Strategies for Youth to develop a a youth trauma curriculum. The curriculum explores the impact of adverse childhood experiences and ways to deal with or uh, work through traumatizing experiences. Um, We have also worked with a survey analysis group to make a statistically rigorous survey to Um, assess youth interactions with police officers. Uh, We'll be launching that survey in the near future. Um, We've also been able to connect with many youth serving organizations um, in Massachusetts, like Boys and Girls Club um, that Laura was talking about earlier um, for recruitment and potential partnerships. Um, We, last summer, we worked with uh, strategies for youth to also get Senator uh, Friedman to make Amendment 41 to the Senate Bill 2800 that was successfully adopted. Um, The amendment uh, was to help ensure that law enforcement practices and uh, techniques included uh, developmentally appropriate de-escalation and Mm -hmm. de- Disengagement tactics. Oh my God, sorry, that was a mouthful. Um. No, but I mean, but you said it, and um, so that idea that not straight for the gun, not aggressive, yeah, exactly. but de-escalating yeah. the situation, looking for ways that everyone gets out without harm. Just exactly. Other I'm portraying that right. Yes, yes. <laughs> okay. Other alternatives to uh, using force for minor children. Excellent. Um, 
But in the future, uh, once our youth advisory board is really up and running, we would like to see, you know, youth from all walks of life, like connecting on our platform, helping each other, being there for each other through whatever circumstances um, they may be facing in their communities. Um, we're super excited to hear about all the recommendations the advisory board makes. Um, and we would like to see uh, strategies for youths um, programming and policies change according to those uh, recommendations. That's really exciting. And it, um, Isaac, tell me if I'm wrong, but it really sounds like you guys have, have and continue to create a safe space for young people to tackle like issues that are hard and personal and um, just hurtful. And yeah. you guys are creating this space where young people can really open up. Exactly. We're all in this together and, you know, dealing with any of these problems alone is absolutely impossible. It's a team effort and having that safe space is um, kind of ideal to moving forward. Wonderful. Thank you. And I didn't, I didn't mean to oversimplify because I hear curriculum and the, the data and the surveys and everything that's informing that. But I think what I keep hearing from you guys is, is like that, that, that place where young people can actually feel safe to, to start to open up, to tackle this. And so my question, Hannah, then is like, how has the pandemic affected that work when you, when you can't be together in person Um and also, was there an increase in the need because of the pandemic and, and you know, the, we saw a shift, you know, from in-person school to out, you know, to not, you know, kids being at home and um, that, you know, the digital divide and things like that. So I'm just wondering how the pandemic has really affected the need and the work um, that you're doing. Yeah, I mean, it's, it's so hard to it's almost impossible to, yeah, to overstate like how much obviously the pandemic has affected the daily lives of young people and their needs. I think that to start, we, the pandemic in a funny way, I think really did shape our, our vision for Youth Matter and our vision for the Youth Advisory Board. You know, we all finished um, college in a pandemic. We, you know, really had that experience. That's crazy. <laughs> and I think that we really we started to really see, you know, that we didn't know if we wanted to form this youth advisory board and have young people be able to both have a space where they could share their personal experiences and have that safe space, but then also have also, you know, kind of a focus as well on how do we take those experiences and then talk about what can be changed. I think we really started to, to you know, realize that that didn't just need to be limited to Massachusetts, that, you know, something that's remote and something that's you know, constructed in the right way that even though it's remote, it really engages young people and it makes them feel like they're there and that they're connecting with their peers, that, you know, that's something that we could do, you know, in the Northeast or nationwide. So in a way, actually, it, it kind of made us think bigger, but it also did present all these new challenges of we have to create, you know, programming if it's remote that really, you know, engages people and young people in a way that in some cases it's been difficult for schools to do. It has been really difficult. And I think that that's such a good question about, you know, seeing an increase in need. I think that we've talked a lot about this, but that the problems, you know, that existed before the pandemic have only been, you know, exacerbated. Mm -hmm. And I think that it's also made young people so much more aware or not more aware, but it's really, you know, just 
brought forth, you know, these inequalities and these problems in such an obvious light, you know, even students not having access to Wi-Fi, you know, to, to do their schoolwork with, I think it just makes it so much more clear and so much more evident. So I think it's just really increased the need to provide like programming and opportunities for young people to talk about these issues, because I think that it's so clear that even more than ever, they're feeling that, you know, this need and this drive to, to talk about these things, but they're also, you know, isolated right now. And, and I think providing them with those tools has become, you know, even more important. Absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah. The pandemic has really, like you said, exasperated. <laughs> See, I can't. <laughs> nope. I'm done. I'm out. It's made everything worse, right? It's just, and it's brought things to light that um, I think we, we had kept hidden for a while, um, which really leads me to really, you know, beyond, um, you guys are tackling really tough issues. I mean, juvenile justice, child rights, the policing. Um, so Laura, like what have been some of the, the major challenges on working on these really tough issues and what'd you guys do to kind of overcome them or, or maybe you know, what did that look like for you? Yeah, that's a great question. Um, it's certainly a very tough space to be working in just uh, emotionally, you know, like for all of us individually, definitely um, that was the case for myself. Um, you know, it, it was tough in, you know, in high school to watch these things on the news, to see issues in my own community, to have like friends who were having really negative interactions with um, the police. Um, and it was gut-wrenching back then. And it only uh, became kind of more, you know, it, it's hard to kind of keep seeing the same kind of things, problems that are facing various cities in the country that we're facing, that we've been facing for the past decade, but even before that, like a history of kind of uh, all of these um, different major problems um, in society just keep manifesting and keep um, like kind of coming together in um, the tragic killings of people who should not have been killed. Mm -hmm. um, and so it's really challenging working on these issues uh, and thinking about these because these are these are, um, it kind of really, you know, like hits home, just like Isaac said, like when I started, uh, when I approached Isaac in 2012, I was like, we need to do something. It was because I was worried my younger brother, um, might like be racially profiled and, um, like something could happen to him. And so it's really hard working in this, in the space at times. Um, and something that kind of, keeps me going at least is, you know, um, whenever I'm interacting with, um, either friends or other youth we work with, um, it gives me a lot of hope to see, you know, there are a lot of people who care. And one of the great things, um, like there was a lot of bad things that kind of happened in the past year or two kind of since, um, especially since kind of things escalated and became on a more, uh, you know, national, uh, awareness scale with the shooting of George Floyd, um, that was extremely hard time to be doing the work because mm -hmm. emotionally, but, um, and there are certainly a lot of days where I 
um, cried when I was watching the news and when I was doing this work, because it can get really emotionally, um, you know, taxing. Um, but one of the good things was there were also a lot of people who reached out to us in um, while that was happening and, and found us online and were like, we are so upset about what's happening. What can we do to help? And that was one of the most kind of um, uh, inspiring things that um, for me personally, because, you know, while all of these horrible things were happening, there are also people who are saying this is not OK this should not be happening. And how can I help? Can I donate? Can I um, do help work on your team? Can I um, provide resources? Like, what can I do to help you guys do this incredible work and um, try to make, you know, this difference? Um, and so I would say that's kind of the, uh, for me, one of the things that really um, helped kind of get through all of the, you know, certain uh, dark times that um, myself and the country, honestly, was going through um, any time, uh, one of uh, a lot of times in the past several years and over the past decade and over the past century, honestly. Yeah. Um, the work, we wish the work would end, right? <laughs> we wish there wasn't a need for it. Um, but it's, it's, uh, it speaks volumes to your, you all of your commitment um, to to really make change, um, to continue while still dealing with what sounds like your own trauma as well. Um, so, again, thank you for everything that you guys are doing. We do have to take one last short break, and then when we come back, we'll get some final reflections from Hannah, Lauren, Isaac. So stay with me, Amy Muir's on the power of young people to change the world. And remember, you can follow the show on social media at nylc.org or find us at nylc.org. We'll be right back. America is on your favorite smart speaker. If you have Alexa or Google Home, go ahead and give us a try. Hey Alexa, play Finding Your Frequency podcast on TuneIn. For nearly 40 years, the Minnesota-based National Youth Leadership Council has worked globally to transform classrooms, empower teachers, and captivate students by leading the way in providing high-quality, dynamic service learning content to school districts, classrooms, after-school programs, and everything in between. NYLC accelerates student achievement by strengthening academic, civic, and character outcomes through service learning. They tap into the passion, creativity, and ingenuity of all young people to make meaningful change happen. NYLC offers a variety of paths to reach service learning excellence through membership, its annual spring national service learning conference, customized professional development, tools, resources, and soon to be released, Getting Started in Service Learning, a book designed for teachers ready to lead the way to address real-world issues with all young people, inspiring them to serve, learn, change the world. Visit nylc.org to learn more today. It's your world. Motivate. Change. Succeed. VoiceAmericaEmpowerment.com You 
are listening to The Power of Young People to Change the World with Amy Muirs. To find out more about Amy and the National Youth Leadership Council, please visit nylc.org. Now back to the show. So welcome back, everyone. In our last few minutes together, um, I really want to get some final reflections from each of you. And so, Isaac, I thought we'd start with you. Um, And just um, I invite you to share um, just some final thoughts, some advice, something you hope that um, young people will consider, that adults will think about, about um, the work. Um, Just your your final thoughts. Okay. Well, to start, for any young people out there, um, you really have to push yourself out of your comfort zone. If if someone had told me that in 2012, when Laura came to me about Youth Venture, I would be speaking at conferences and uh, talking on a radio show, I would have told you absolutely crazy, uh, because that's something I would not have wanted to do, um, what, nine years ago? but it's really about pushing yourself and anything you really believe in, you just got to go for it. You have to make your own opportunities because in life opportunities aren't always going to you know, fall in your lap or things aren't always going to go the way you plan or think it's going to go. Um, you just got to take it one, one step at a time, one moment at a time. And all the adults out there, um, we definitely need like, your support it's it's more than just us wanting to do something it's having that kind of crowd behind you um cheering you on motivating you and also um it's really sad i had mentioned i worked in a er and i have seen a lot of uh young people coming in with uh behavioral health issues and you know not all of them stem from uh covid but a lot of them you know, do, uh, are impacted from, you know, having this isolation and all that. Uh, we are very different from adults and we face, we face very different challenges. Like I absolutely understand, you know, back then things were different, but right now we face a whole bunch of new problems that were not around, um, when, you know, our parents were here. Um, so it can't, we can't be handled the same way that our parents were handled as kids. You can't address us the same, you know, you can't give us the same solutions to our problems because our problems are going to be slightly different and for everyone, it will be different. Um, So definitely having the support of people around you would be nice, Um, but go out there and do your best people. (laughs) (laughs) Absolutely. And and what I heard you say too, is that that indulgence, adult engagement with youth, like being those partners and and being that support system and listening. Thank you so much, Isaac. Um, Yeah, great advice. Laura, I'd love for you to share um, kind of your hope for the future of Youth Matter and how how you're going to continue to empower young people to tackle these really hard, hard um, issues. Yeah, um, I think, you know, Isaac spoke so um, eloquently about how, you know, uh, new, uh, how there's so many new issues youth are facing. And I really hope that, you know, um, youth uh, and 
anyone listening is really just um, believing in themselves, believing in uh, even when other people might not be believing in you or you think you might not, people might not be believing in you, um, your ideas, your um, you have a lot of value as a person and as a contributor to whatever communities you're a part of. And so I hope, you know, youth and everybody listening out there just remembers that, that, you know, everybody can have an impact. And I think um, that's not something that's necessarily taught in schools, but it is something that um, maybe should be taught, you know, mm-hmm. how um, impactful youth can be and how powerful youth voices are. And so um, it's, I hope youth continue with that. Um, and if uh, you want more support, continue with that, feel free to reach out to us um, at our website or through our contest and um, through our email. If you are interested in, you know, going above and beyond and engaging even more. Great. Thanks, Laura. Um, Hannah, what do you want people to remember? Um, what should they take away from this show? Yeah, I mean, I think that one of the biggest things we've learned is that young people have a unique set of tools that, you know, are really powerful and actually, you know, can, you know, give them a real advantage. And I think it's understanding how to use them, their ability to communicate, their ability to understand and to work remotely with one another. And I think a lot of young people, their ability to understand issues and to really, you know, tackle these really complex problems is something that is like really unique and and really impressive. So I think understanding that they have these unique tools and they really have the ability to like use those, you know, a lot of adults, their parents may not have those. So it's understanding and, and viewing that as a strength. And I also think the other thing is understanding that, you know, the power of personal experience and of sharing that personal experience. It's something we've really seen how impactful that is. And I think that a lot of the time, you know, that kind of personal experience can be dismissed or maybe diminished. But I think that, you know, really telling young people that there is such a value and such an impact in, in sharing that. I love that. I love that. And yeah, um, young people have amazing capacity, creativity, and passion to tackle these these really complex issues. And the work that you guys are doing is phenomenal. Um, Isaac, Hannah, Laura, I just can't thank you enough for being on the show today, for sharing that your own passion, for your sharing your journeys, um, everything that you're doing to support young people. Um, again, hard, hard issues. You're helping them lead, grow, and really make change. So thank you guys so much. Um, everyone, you can learn more and take action with Youth Matter. Visit their website at www.youthmatter.org. Get involved in the campaign. Um, you know, contribute. That's that's what we have to do to make change. Um, next week, we are going to have another great show. Um, joining me is going to be Adi. He's a youth leader who's tackling digital literacy through service learning. He also has an amazing story to tell. He's doing great work in Pennsylvania. Um, if you're an after-school educator um, working with young people and you'd like to use um, service learning as a strategy in your programming, check out NYLC. Um, we have a great store with um, these Engage handbooks. Um, we're tackling issues like gender equity, education equity, climate change, peace building, um, and consumer consumption, um, 
So check out our resources. Um, use um, You can use those um, to get started on your own journey. Um, young people are investigating issues in their community. They're planning and preparing how to take action, demonstrating their results while reflecting throughout their experience. That's what we call service learning. Um, I also want to thank the Charles Stewart Mott Foundation for their support um, in the creation of those resources so that we can help support young people in tackling issues. So remember everyone, mark your calendars for Thursdays at six o'clock Eastern. And until next week, we hope you'll join us as we serve, learn, change the world. See you next week. Thank you for tuning in this week to the power of young people to change the world. Your host, Amy Muirs, will return for another program next Thursday at 3 p.m. Pacific Time and 6 p.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Empowerment Channel. Together, we'll serve, learn, change the world.